الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفاسلام وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من تواضع لله رفعه الله او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we had discussed some aspects that were related to humility and some other related things as well. The ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, that tilka darul akhirah, that the abode of the hereafter, which refers to Jannat, this abode of the hereafter, who is going to be the ones that will be eligible to gain entry into Jannat who will be the people that will be granted this great gift of getting into Jannat so Allah Ta'ala says نَجْعَلُهَا لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُرِيدُونَ عُلُوًا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فَسَادًا that this is something reserved for those who don't want to have any kind of domination or being any kind of uh, superiority over others and neither do they commit any corruption on the earth they are the people who will get this everlasting abode of Jannat and وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ the good end result the good end result this will be for those who have taqwa So the big point in here, the lesson in here is that the Qur'an Sharif is saying that Jannat is reserved for those who don't desire any kind of superiority over others. They don't want to be one better than somebody else. They don't want to seem to be the person. So as we discussed in the previous weeks, that sometimes shaitan traps us into this, that we start looking down on others, we start passing comments against others, we start making signs and gestures that demean somebody, make somebody feel belittled, humiliate someone. And all this we said stems from pride. And pride can become very dangerous, or rather... It is very dangerous, but it can get even worse, where it then starts flowing out and it starts expressing itself in a way which hurts others, tramples their rights. It doesn't care for who is in front, whether it is our elder or our junior, whether it is our parents, our brothers and sisters, 
our colleagues and friends in school or madrasa, or whether it is some relative, whoever it may be, when pride comes, then there is no looking at who is standing there, who is saying something, who is advising me, nothing. When pride comes in the way, then it is me, myself and I, only three of us, nobody else. Me, myself and I. This is that group. Such a big group of three people. And the three is all one. And the three in one, there is no such thing as three in one. That's all just a fallacy. So this too is a complete fallacy. That we think of ourselves as a big group, as somebody great, but we are nothing. Now when we start looking down upon others, then this is where it stems from. When we start making uh, comments or doing things that belittle others, humiliate others, hurt others unnecessarily, then this is all stemming from this pride. And this pride is that killer disease where in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, a person cannot enter Jannat who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. So we have discussed this topic on many occasions, but this is something that requires repeated discussion. We have to keep revising it, keep embedding it in our hearts, keep developing or working towards developing this aspect of humility. And this is the real test, the real test of humility. Now we are learning this lesson of humility from so long, so many times we've heard it. So many times we have probably spoken about it ourselves. The real test of this humility comes when there is a situation. When there is something that is now really putting us to the test. Something that is there's a challenge. For example, now we are faced with a situation where we, somebody has made a mistake. They didn't know the answer. Or somebody didn't manage to do something. And we managed to do it very well. Now that's the situation. Suddenly that happened now. Or some person is a very maybe poor person. And that person now is sitting there in front of us. That person is a weak person. Very docile person. That person won't say anything. If somebody even hits him or hits her, they won't say anything. Now we have the upper hand here. And we have our whole group of friends also. And now somebody is instigating this, because this is what keeps happening in all circles, whether it is among children, among teenagers, among young adults, among grown-up people. Unfortunately, this is a common factor, that when there's a group of people together, then somebody instigates something. Others then, some were looking for a chance to also find some company to do the wrong, some didn't want to do the wrong. But when somebody instigates it, then everybody gets caught in the flow. And they just get washed away with the tsunami that comes thereafter. Now these are the challenges. And this is what really tests a person's true humility. That now the situation came up, somebody's instigating that, look, let's make fun of that person. That person is a bichara. That person won't even say anything. It's too... Uh, docile and too meek and humble to even go and complain about it. So now here's a target that we can have for our fun. 
So make this person the target of our mockery, of our fun. So in that way, what happens is, that one person now instigated it, others get caught up in it. But they don't realize that somebody else is pulling the strings and like a puppet they are jumping up and down, they are speaking things. But meanwhile from behind somebody else is instigating. That person is the mischief monger. Now this ayat of the Quran Sharif that we spoke about, Allah Ta'ala says that Akhirat, the abode of Akhirat, the abode of Jannat, those who want to be one better, meaning superior in terms of showing off, I am better than you, then they are deprived of this Jannat. And those who commit this corruption, now one is we think corruption, we only think about on an international scale, that a government is corrupted, or some world leaders are corrupted, or in some government circles they are wholesale, just looting the government, the wealth of the nation. So this is corruption. Yes, all that is corruption also. But there is corruption within us also. And there is corruption in the way that we are sometimes conducting ourselves. There is corruption in what we are speaking sometimes. There is corruption in what we are looking at. There is corruption in what we are listening to sometimes. There is corruption in our thinking sometimes. We think that we are thinking correctly, but we are thinking in a corrupted manner. We are not thinking in the spirit of the Quran and Sunnah. Our thinking is gone in a completely different direction. We are thinking of how to just make fun and how to just live a life of fun and how to just make merry or how to just secure that I am better than you so I will have my way and you are just an ordinary person in this class but I have the favor of the teachers I am somebody better so all these things are corruption so this corruption is not only corruption is not only restricted to the government circles and on an international scale and other things of that nature but this is corruption right with us corruption in our activities <clears throat> so allah taala is saying that those who don't desire to have any superiority and they don't commit corruption then these are the people that will have this everlasting abode of the hereafter. So this is the greatest lesson that we have to learn in our circumstances, the lesson of humility. And when a person will truly become humble, then this humility will show its effect in every facet of a person's life. A truly humble person will humble himself in front of Allah Ta'ala also. That my Rabb has created me, is sustaining me, and therefore, how can I do something that is against the commands of Allah Ta'ala? How can I look at haram? How can I speak haram? How can I go and attend some place or some function or some gathering that is haram is taking place there? All this is something that is now against this humility in front of Allah Ta'ala. So therefore, I cannot do this. So a person who is truly humble, who has become an abd, who has become a true slave of Allah Ta'ala, that person will be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. When a person feels that I have certain freedom of my own, I am somebody, then that person says, I can do what I want. Who is there to tell me? Why should anybody tell me? So the aspect of humility and suppressing this pride. Now pride comes on that level also. 
where a person now is disobedient to Allah Ta'ala, then pride with the servants of Allah Ta'ala. And this we have discussed at length last week, the week before as well. So, this pride also among the servants takes its various different forms. As we discussed on numerous occasions, that this looks for ways of expression. Sometimes in the way that we may speak, how we speak, we speak with a twang, and speak with a style, which is not our natural way of speaking, but now depending which circle we are in. Now we have some cousins, for example, and we met with them after some time, and maybe someone of them, uh, perhaps they are attending some kind of schools where that becomes the manner of talking, some white schools and whatever else. So now, there's four or five of them all from that kind of background and we are the sixth one there. So now everybody is talking with a twang. So now we also can't be left aside. If I talk just my normal natural manner of speaking, then they'll say this person probably comes from the jungle somewhere. Now that's a thought that shaitan puts in the mind. So now I go to speak with a twang as well. So I also now will start twisting my tongue and I'll get caught in some tongue twisters and a short time I'll be in a real tangle. But all this stems from where? From that pride that I must not be looked down upon as I'm an outcast or I'm somebody that doesn't fit into this group. No, that shouldn't be the case. We have to be natural and we have to make sure that we are within what Allah, the limits that Allah Ta'ala has set for us within the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, That is our concern. What then after somebody thinks of us, that is of no concern to us. So now we won't start talking in a manner just to impress somebody with our uh, accent. We're trying to now create an accent. All this is futile. All this is something that doesn't hold any water. Doesn't make a person anything at all. Then, this pride expresses itself sometimes in the manner that we dress. This too is something we have repeatedly mentioned and we'll have to keep repeatedly mentioning it. We have mentioned on many occasions and it will require repeated mention in the future. For example, when we very deliberately display that brand name, I am saying this in this manner very deliberately, display that brand name, we know in our hearts between us and Allah Ta'ala that now I bought this garment just for the sake of buying it because it was good but now there's this one small label somewhere now what do I do? Oh I bought it specifically I chose this because part of the choice was to do with the brand because I can show that name off. Now for example that scarf has got that brand label on it. Somebody gave me a gift. So now somebody gave me hadia. So I can wear it two ways. I can wear it with the label inside or the other is I can have that brand label very nicely displayed for anybody before they see my face, they'll see the label. So they'll say, MashaAllah, this person also is a branded person. Now, branding, branding comes actually from when they used to brand cattle you know, to make a mark. In the olden days, this was, even up to now it probably happens, they brand cattle, that this cattle belongs to so-and-so. This animal the owner, now there's a specific brand he has, specific maybe mark. So they used to actually, with something hot, like a hot iron or something, they would brand that animal, a small little 
mark on it. So now that animal gets mixed up among other animals when they go to the watering place, etc. Now when the owners come, there isn't any confusion because he can now look, he knows where he has put his mark. He'll show it to the other farmers that this is mine, there's my brand. So now likewise, that when we deliberately choose these brands, so it is like we have been branded by those who have created the brand. They have put their mark on us. They have said, this person belongs to me, belongs to us, belongs to our culture, belongs to our mindset, belongs to our lifestyle. Now it might be the Yahud that are doing it, it might be the somebody else that's doing it, whoever is doing it, it might be that they are doing it via the vehicle of Islamic garb. So previously this was all restricted to western style of clothing, but now Islamic garb has become the target because they saw the market and they said we got to make these people ours also. So now the cloak or the scarf or whatever has all become branded and branded in a way where it must now be deliberately worn in such a manner that that name is boldly emblazoned and it will show to the whole world, I am branded, somebody has branded me, they have placed their mark on me. So now I belong to them, like that camel or that cow, that cow belongs to that owner. So we have unfortunately become like that too, I don't want to say it like that, that we have become like cattle, but this is the reality of this branding. But the choice that we make stems, where we get caught up in this whole branding chakkar and this branding culture, it all stems from that same pride that I got to be giving certain impression to others. Others must take a certain, have a certain idea of me that I am somebody. I am not an, this person doesn't know how to, you know, just down and out, doesn't know what's in style. So I shouldn't be regarded as somebody that is out, outdated. So where did this stem from? This stems from that pride. Now this is where this pride is finding its expression. In the way a person dresses. So the way a person speaks. The way a person dresses. Now this is all finding expression in there. So the inside is actually the pot. Our hearts, that is the pot. And the outside, all our limbs, our tongues, our hands, our legs, these are all the spoons from the heart. What we do externally, this is an expression of what has been dished out. We took this example on many occasions previously. Some people like to talk vulgar languages or obscene things. Now this is the tongue which is a spoon dishing out what is in the heart. Unfortunately, that person has vulgarity in the heart. That person has obscenity in the heart. That person has all kinds of immoral things in the heart. Now this tongue which is a spoon is dishing out what is in the pot of the heart. So now that is what you hear from that person. So it's not like just something like, you know, just well, okay, just little bit fun talk or something. No, there's no fun in it. It's the spoon of the tongue dishing out what's in the pot of the heart. Likewise, then these feet, they walk in certain directions, go to certain places, because that is giving expression to what is in the heart. So a person has certain things in the heart, 
now the feet want to go in the direction to express it. So that feet is going in the direction of where there's behayai, where there's all intermingling, because that is what is in the heart. Oh, now the hands are purchasing and wearing certain kinds of clothing, so all is expressing what is in the heart. So this is the issue that we have to rectify the heart, we have to work on the heart, we have to make sure that the heart is rectified, the heart has the right uh, desire, it is wishing to do the correct things. Shaitan and nafs will keep whispering, but the nafs and shaitan's whispers also will be controlled by the heart. If the heart is not inclined to those things, the heart will then re- reject it, it will de- repel it. So shaitan and nafs will keep doing their dirty work. They will keep whispering. But a heart that has been worked upon, the heart where the zikr of Allah Ta'ala has been enlightening that heart, the zikr was being made diligently, what was being made with true fervor, then that heart now that has become illuminated, when nafs and shaitan will whisper something, do this, say this, go here, or behave in this manner, all wrong things, this heart will now defend itself. It will defend the light within it. And it will it will dispel and it will reject these whispers of shaitan. That will carry on. That's a lifelong, unfortunately, a lifelong battle that we have. But if the heart itself is already thinking in that line, now nafs and shaitan merely just need to stoke it a bit. Just like a fire that is dying sometimes, they just shake the embers a little and then the flame is up again. And now the fire is raging. So we need to rectify this heart. We need to remove the pride which now takes us in all these directions. The pride that gets us involved in talking in a certain way, thinking in a certain way, dressing in a certain way, going to certain kind of places, all which are not permissible, and also behaving with others in specific ways, mocking people, humiliating them, despising them, and all these kind of things. So all the stems, unfortunately, from this pride. And we find that the Quran Sharif in the Ahadith of Nabi Wasallam, this is something so much emphasized. So many different ayats, in so many ways, the same lesson is being given. And the Quran Sharif is to be recited daily. So how many times we are going to pass through these ayat, pass through the detail of what happened to shaitan, how he became debased, how he was rejected from the heavens. We'll read this ayah, Tilka Darul Akhirah. نَجْعَلُهَا لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُرِيدُونَ عُلُوًا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فَسَادًا وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ And all the other various verses, Allah Ta'ala is giving us this lesson repeatedly. This is a fundamental lesson. And we don't learn this lesson, we haven't learned anything. And as I said, it is the challenges that will come, that will really put us to the test how much we have learned. We will write the paper, we will write the examinations now already in exam time coming up and we will get 100%, 200% for having answered all the questions on what is tawazu, what is humility, what is the harms of pride and how must a person get the pride out and all the theory we will know. But the challenge comes when there is a real life situation. Somebody has advised us, our appa has told us something, now we didn't like it for some reason. How do we react? Our reaction will tell us what we have really learned in terms of pride, did we mock somebody? Did we roll our eyes at anyone? 
Did we make some sarcastic comments? Did we uh, speak to our parents in a harsh way? Did we back answer them? Did we back chat them? All these things are indications of the pride within if that happened. Now that is the situation, that is the test of the time. That somebody said something that advised us, we didn't like it too, but we react correctly. There is whatever the situation is, we are under a test as we discussed that example many times. One person used to write about himself, Ahkar, in Arabic, Ahkar means the most lowest, I'm the most, the lowest of all. So this is the title, so-called title he used to give to himself, Ahkar so-and-so. Before his name he would write this. So one day somebody called him as he was walking past, they told him, hey, you donkey, come here. So he became enraged. And maybe he started uh, making some hee-haw sounds like a donkey, I don't know, I'm not sure. But in any case, he became enraged and started making some big noise about it. How dare you call me a donkey? So the person was actually now just teaching him the lesson. He told him that, look, you write about yourself, Ahkar. I am nothing, the lowest of all. I called you a donkey, which is something. You even call yourself Lashe. I am totally nothing. I am call you, calling you a donkey, which is still Shay, which is still something. So why are you getting so uh, angry about it? Why are you so disturbed and so upset, upset about it? Isn't this something even better than what you call yourself? So this now exposed the reality that all this was just in words. That I am nobody and I am nothing. So this is the thing that we have to make it a part of our system, a part of our life, a part of the condition of our heart. That we truly believe that we are nothing. And we don't deserve anything. And we are the humble slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. And when a person truly humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala, now this is the thing that we have to move towards. One is to know the evil of pride. But just knowing the evil of pride is not good enough. Now we have to adopt the opposite of it. Adopt the humility. Lower ourselves, our parents, our teachers, even with our colleagues, our friends. We lower ourselves. Put others forward. We are nothing. Put others forward. There's something... A simple thing. We are about to enter the classroom, for example. And now, at the same moment, somebody else is there with us. Now, two people can't enter immediately at the same time. So now, what do we do? This person comes from a very, very poor background. is a nobody. And I come in a fancy car. So I must enter first. Then that is indicating that we got pride in us. But we put the next person always forward. Whether the person is from whatever background... Wealthier than us, poorer than us, more intelligent than us, or less intelligent than us. Whether the person uh, is an Arab or a non-Arab, person is from any background, but all are Muslims. And we are the lowest of every Muslim. Whoever it might be, I am the lowest of every Muslim. So now to put that person forward first, you, you enter first. Now what, what feeling, what a good feeling this creates in the hearts. This is an act of humility. Initially, sometimes, this perhaps might not be 100% sincere. Perhaps. It might not be 100% sincere. But don't worry about that because it is still not 100% sincere, I won't do it. No, no, you carry on doing it. Keep making istighfar, 
if it was not 100% sincere and make dua, ya Allah, you make me do this only for your pleasure. Then we will be acting on man tawada'a lillah. But sometimes things start off in this manner. That the intention is like a 50-50 thing or there is some element of showing off sometimes. Not that this is correct or this is permissible. No. But don't stop the amal. Don't stop the good action. We still do what is correct to do. We still put the next person forward. We still make salam first. We still do the right things. And inshallah, with time, when we continue doing it, we will find that this will become something that we will stop doing it for the wrong intentions. We will start doing it with the correct intention. We will start doing it for Allah wa ta'ala alone. And those who have humbled themselves, Allah ta'ala truly elevated them. They had no airs about themselves. They sacrificed for the sake of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. They didn't make any demands. They didn't regard any, anybody else as lower. And with that sacrifice, with that sincerity, Allah ta'ala took them far ahead. These two words that have just come, the sacrifice and sincerity, though this is not directly related to what we are discussing, but all this is interlinked. And just because of, shortly before the program started, there was some discussion taking place and these two things came up. I'll just mention this in passing, that this is the ruh, this is the soul of all the work of deen. We want to be accepted tomorrow, we want Allah Ta'ala to use us for the sake of deen, to pass on deen to others, then we need these two things. We need to humble ourselves obviously, and together with that, we need sincerity, and we need dedication and hard work. Allah Ta'ala will then use us for His Mubarak Deen. And in this discussion, the example that came was of Darul Ulum Deoband. All of us have heard the name of Darul Ulum Deoband. Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Rahmatullah he was a graduate of Darul Ulum Deoband. He studied there, he finished his Alim course there. So this Darul Ulum was the mother of all the institutions of the Darul Ulums in the world that spread thereafter. And Darul Ulum Deoband, this started off in this manner, where there was one Ustad, one student, and they started their madrasa, the Darul Ulum, under a tree. There was in one building. Under a tree, this work started. And presently, it has exceeded perhaps those institutions that are linked. Either they were established by the graduates of Darul Ulum Deoband, or by their students, or the third generation, their students, these have perhaps far exceeded a hundred thousand. I'm not talking about students. Madrasas. Over a hundred thousand madrasas. Far exceeded that. So, where did this come from? It came from these two things. The sincerity and the hard work. Obviously coupled with the other qualities that are required as well. But primarily these two things. And Allah Ta'ala opens a way forward. And Allah Ta'ala takes work. We need to dedicate ourselves in a similar manner. That starts off from now. It doesn't start off later in life. Now in our study time. That we dedicate ourselves for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. To learn what? Not to learn academic knowledge for the sake of passing some examination only. For the sake of bringing deen into our lives. And in order to fulfill the role that Allah Ta'ala has talked out for us. 
that tomorrow we have to become homemakers. That's our primary responsibility. That homemaking is a quite a wide concept. But how can we become those kind of servants of Allah Ta'ala that fulfill their primary function in life in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes happy? So with sincerity, with this correct intention, we dedicate ourselves in this direction to re- earn that that uh, required knowledge, to achieve that required knowledge, so that we can translate it into action to fulfill our primary role in life. Then we will see how Allah Ta'ala will use us. As somebody said, show me a successful man and I will show you a dedicated mother. Show me a successful man and I will show you a good mother. Show me a successful man and I will show you a mother who truly knew her role in life. Because behind every successful man, there was a real mother. So, this is the role we have to play tomorrow in, in time. And when we have inculcated this humility, when we have inculcated these qualities of iman, and akhlaq, and tawakkul, and taqwa, and that sincerity, and that dedication to deen, and all the other various things that Nabi Salaam has taught us, then we will find that we will become great assets to society, great assets to the ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we will be standing alongside the Azwaj Mutahharat, and alongside the Sahabiyat on the day of Qiyamah, that when they will be raised in that high position, then those who followed in their footsteps, they will also be raised alongside them. But where did this... What, what has to happen now? That we have to acquire these qualities, inculcate these qualities in our lives, and move forward in this direction. Inshallah we will see how Allah wa ta'ala will open out the way for us, even in dunya, and the real thing is the akhirat. You will then see what is the real enjoyment of life. What is the sweetness and the pleasure of life? At the moment it's all just some imagination, and we get caught up by the deception that is out there in the world that a good life and an enjoyable life is to be conducting ourselves like the decadent West, the West that has gone down the drain. That might seem like very, very enjoyable to us, but that's entirely a deception. What is real is in deen. It is in the way of life of Rasulullah That has the guarantee of happiness. That has the guarantee of peace, of serenity, of tranquility. But there is some little perseverance that is required of us. The dunya is after all a test. We are going to have to persevere a little. But in that short time we will persevere. Allah Ta'ala will open out the way for us. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant me and grant all of us the tawfiq that we dedicate ourselves with sincerity. May Allah Ta'ala give us the true humility remove every trace of pride from our hearts and lives. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala make us his true servants. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam takhfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم 
ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين